We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com to start winning. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Knicks all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Yo, let me check in the back. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Sunday night edition of Knicks Fan TV Live presented by Manscaped. Knicks Weekly, the weekly recap show where we go through the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was New York Knicks. And look forward. Recording in progress. To the week ahead. CP the franchise, Alex Ratars, Tratacast, and JD Sports Talk in the building. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. It was a rough week for the orange and blue, man. 0-2 this week. Meltdowns, collapses, whatever you want to call it. 25 and 34 on the campaign. Three and a half games out of the 10th spot. And Tom Thibodeau is searching for answers. So we're going to talk about that. But we're also going to talk about slam dunk contest. We we actually won something for a change. Shout out to Obi Toppin for coming through last night in what was the worst dunk contest in NBA history. But he still represented for us. And we're going to get into all of that. Right now, salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. We turn down the All Star game, and and in particular, let me turn down Reggie and Dwayne Wade. Can't believe they brought these two back again after last night's theatrics. I can't, I can't even listen to what's going on in the All Star game. But nevertheless, back to the orange and blue fellas. Twenty five and thirty four. 
came off of a uh, an embarrassing, embarrassing week in which we uh, lost the game to the Thunder, a young Thunder team under man, no, no Shea Gilgis. Uh, the defensive stopper, Lou Dort, was missing, was injured. Nevertheless, Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, and company made a valiant comeback, took this thing into overtime. Well, the Knicks brought it into overtime because we ended up losing and uh, ultimately losing the game. Then you go in, battle of the boroughs, in your own building, no Katie, no Kyrie, no Ben Simmons. 28-point lead, eviscerated, evaporated, 18-point fourth quarter lead. And the Knicks go down in disgrace. So, again, looking for answers, man. Looking for answers. Now, here was, um, you know what? Before I even get to Tibbs' comments, Al, I'm going to start with you, man. Just, uh, you know, y- your thoughts on, on the week that was, man. I think, well, it was a rough week, man. Like, there's no other way to put it. We lost three winnable games to the Trailblazers, the Thunder, and then the down bad Brooklyn Nets. And we've had, we had leads on all of them, right? I don't know what, I mean, everyone's right now complaining about Tibbs and his rotations, but, you know, I've been thinking about it this entire week now that I've been able to cool off from seeing that terrible Nets game. Uh, but I think if you're going to blame anybody, you got to blame everybody, right? Like, you got to blame the front office. You got to blame, you got to blame uh, the coaching staff. You got to blame some of the players, too. Like, from the front office, you know, what I was thinking about is you look at, they have this long standing relationship with Tom Thibodeau, right? They know he's a defensive-minded coach. They know that if that's the thing that he prioritizes, why would you bring in guys like Kimball Walker and Evan Fournier who are offensive-driven players when you know Tibbs has never coached an offensive style whatsoever, but yet you want to bring these two guys in and then to read that, you know, you hear Worldwide West pointing the fingers at Tom Thibodeau, but you greenlit these guys to come in. You know Tibbs wants to protect the point of attack. So then why even bring all these guys in? Sure, I know the point guard market wasn't that great. You signed Kemba before, you signed Evan before Kemba, so you didn't know if Kemba was going to be available or not. But still, if you're thinking about adding pieces, you got to add pieces that make sense for what this guy wants to do. And if he wants to coach a defensive team, they have to be gritty. They have to be aggressive. So bringing guys like Kemba and Evan Fournier just doesn't make sense. And on top of that, they made this rotation much more difficult for, for him to manage as well. You know, if they want to see some of the youth play, why would you sign so many veterans to this roster and then put Tibbs in a position where he has to play someone like Evan Fournier because of his contract, have to play Kemba Walker and have him say that he's only a starter because of his name and cachet that he has around the league. You put him in a difficult position as well. So I, I think it's everyone gets it. Like we can talk about how Julius hasn't given his full effort. We could talk about Tom Thibodeau's strategy and games and like late game execution, mis, uh, misuses of uh, timeouts and so forth. But I don't think the front office can get away that easily without taking some of the blame for how Tibbs is, uh, how Tibbs has been handling this roster whatsoever. That's my takeaway from this week. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I, I think, uh, I think for me and, and LeBron's team wins it, wins the all-star game. Um, you know, it was an embarrassing week, man, to, to see us 
uh, lose that 28-point lead, a 28-point lead, 18 in the fourth against a severely undermanned Nets team. Uh, well, you know, losing those leads has, has just been a trend. It goes before this week, goes back before this week, the whole West Coast trip. Uh, they had sizable leads, whether it was a 23-point lead against the, the Blazers. You know, you had a double-digit lead against the Jazz. Um, I, obviously, the Golden State game was great, but, you know, these games just was were just super demoralizing. And then to lose to a young Thunder team where you're, where, where you're out there playing most of your vets and you're losing to this young upstarts Thunder, Thunder team, I think it, it, I think that was almost the icing on the cake, even though it happened before the Nets game. You know, it was kind of like the icing on the cake in terms of it, it just really exposed this Knicks team as far as, you know, this season just being a disaster, man, this season being a failure so far. I don't, I don't see them rebounding from this. So I, I think that was disappointing. You know, the, the defense has taken a, a, a large step back. I think the last 10 games, they've been probably about 25th in the league in defense, 23rd in net rating. You know, they've given up a ton of points over 100, you know, these, these last 10 and these last two gave up, gave up a ton of points against a OKC team who's 30th in the league in scoring. And then again, a severely, severely undermanned Nets team you know, uh, gave, gave up a ton of points, gave up 111 points to that Nets team. So this is a team searching for answers. As you said, uh, it was reported this week as well that uh, World Wide West, there's a lot of finger pointings going on right now. World Wide West pointing fingers at Tibbs to blame. But this is their handpicked coach. So <laughs> you picked this guy. This is the guy you had the best relationship with. And then on top of that, the pieces that you thought were going to come in here and help bolster this offense has not only not done that, but it's brought the whole team down. Then you talk about the injury, so on and so forth. So overall, just just a uh, a bad week, and uh, you know a lot of soul searching going into the second half. Uh, JD, your, your thoughts? Uh, I think for me, it's. I mean, like you said, it's it, to me is the worst week um, period of of the whole season, uh, just for j- just because so many things on the negative side, uh, so many things have been exposed, uh, so many things have happened from an organizational standpoint, from a public relations standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, from a player standpoint, from a team standpoint, like you name it. Uh, I, I I think you start with the RJ incident. I mean, I continue to be so upset about what happened. I continue to have nightmares about it. I continue to, you know, see games that like, you know, those leads we had against the Nets and, and think about, you know, maybe the result would have been different if RJ was playing. Um, you know, we talked about the moment he had, you know, in that Laker game where he hit that shot at the buzzer, where he was able to be on the floor with LeBron James for the first time since 2020 of January, because LeBron hasn't played against the Knicks the last the few matches before that, and how that was the big moment for his development. That was a big moment for his confidence. And then to see, you know, what happened in Denver, uh, I think 
it, it, it was it was the beginning of everything that transpired after that with us having a you know a big lead we had a 21 point lead against the Lakers we had a 23 point lead against the Blazers we had a 28 point lead as everyone knows um to the Nets and and you don't win any of those games uh you, you lose against OKC and and the Blazers with with nobody in the middle of you know, them pivoting and just making moves. So they're, they're in a transition phase and we think you catch them at the right moment and you don't. Um, and then from, from a coaching standpoint, just head scratching decisions, uh, not knowing, you know, about the challenge, looking like Joe judge out there, you know, like you don't know what, I mean, timeouts you have, you don't know what challenges you have. You don't know this, you don't know that. Um, it's just been it's just been tough, man. And then ending it with the whole PR stuff of, you know, Wesley and and those reports. Um, and then now here we are, you know, wondering, you know, will the coach coach the rest of the season? You know, what's going to happen now after this break? Um, who's going to come back? Who's still going to be out? I mean, you talk about a mess, you know, this last uh, few games, you know, this last week or so has been a mess. And I'll end it with this. You know, I'm, I was looking at these games against Brooklyn, Randall, 31 points, the team high. OKC, Randall, high, 30 points. Blazers, Randall, high, 28 points. Golden State, Randall with the high, 28 points. We won that game. Denver, he's the high with 28. Utah, he's the high with 30. You know, a lot of those games last year, we win. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Randall's giving you some production, and it's not impacting the end result. Um, and I think that's, you know, in addition to the coaching, also think that is an illustration to their defense. Defense, um, defense, hundred percent. It's taking a big step back because when you look at Randall being the high, also look at how many points the other team scores: one eleven, one twenty seven, one thirty two, one twenty two, one twenty. Like these are points that the Knicks of last season did not give up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it speaks a little bit to the personnel issue on this roster. But I also think it speaks to the to the coaching because when you see that and for you not to look at other avenues and resources and options for the rest of your team, I don't care if you got to go look at the G League, but for you not to extend all those options, I think it speaks to coaching as well. The defense is falling off a cliff, man. As I said, last 10, they're in 25th. So they're in the bottom quadrant of the league. And as you said, if the coach is not making the proper adjustments and, and you know, emphasizing his more defensive-minded players, then, again, it's we're, we're looking at the definition of insanity here. This is what we're seeing with this team. Because, like you said, last year, this team has not given up that many points to this type of OKC team. You know, the the, the worst offense in the league. Uh, they're, they're, not, they're not losing that game against the Nets up 28 points. I mean... It's it's just abysmal. And another, I think another frustrating part of it is, I think for at least the last 10 games, you're seeing them play at a much faster pace, at least in the first half, which is helping them offensively. Uh, but then second half, it, once that other team, number one, makes adjustments, number two, plays harder, p- puts in more energy, we we tend to fold. We go away from... What's been working? We go back to force feeding Julius. When that doesn't work, the defense falls off. And then, again, it all comes snowballing downhill. So 
they've they've got to figure that out because things have looked really really good starting these games. They've they've set a good tone starting these games, pushing the pace, playing a lot faster. Whether it's through Randall, when you know when RJ was healthy, through RJ, um, they've got to figure that out and see how can they sustain it. You know, maybe playing that fast is is not sustainable throughout a full forty eight minutes. But how do they continue? to keep the ball flowing, to continue to have, you know, continuity offensively for 48 minutes so that things aren't, aren't getting bogged down. Um, let's get to Tibbs' comments. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Next Weekly presented by Manscaped. Let's get to Tibbs' comments after the Nets game. And uh, here what do you have to say? Hang, hang tight. Let me... Pull this up. I thought I just had it. Hang on. Oh, I know what I did here. Hang on. Hang on. I know what I did here. Okay. Get to the Tibbs comment, and then we'll get everybody's reaction to it. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Okay, here's Tibbs. Well, you, you try to get some sort of rhythm and consistency and and that's what we've been lacking. So, you know, everything's on the table now. It's, it has to be. So, and it's got to be merit-based. Like, I'm not going to just give minutes just to give minutes. Mm. So that's not happening. You earn what you get. You said everything's on the table now. What do you mean? Well, you'd look at everything. You know, you, what are you, what are you going to do? Like, how are we going to manage this? So uh, it has to be merit-based. You know, like if a guy is playing good, he plays, you know. And if the team is functioning well when he's on the floor, he should play. That's the most important thing. The, the team has to come first for everyone. It, this can't be about what's best for any one individual. It's what's best for the group. That's the way it has to be. And we all have to do, you know, we have we got a chance to reset here. We all have to take a, a hard look at what's going on, and we got to figure out how we can do it better. All right. So Tib says uh, everything is on the table. But he's not just going to throw guys out there just for the sake of it. <sighs> Al, your thoughts. Everything is on the table. Your thoughts. Such This is a, this is like hedging his bet. Oh, like, <laughs> this is the biggest hedge I've heard in my life. Uh, I can see, I really want to see a different lineup after this break. But with that type of notation from Tibbs. It sounds like we may get the same thing and he's going to see who earns it, uh, you know, holding everyone accountable, even though it hasn't been necessarily done properly this entire season. That's what I get from it. I'm expecting to see in the say rotation coming out of this break, but I think for Tibbs, what he's trying to get at is that if he sees like someone like Cam put in that work, then Cam's probably going to get more minutes. You know, if Deuce, maybe Deuce is back in the rotation again from what we've seen from Kemba and maybe maybe needing to get an extra like 10 minutes for another point guard out there. I think he's trying to, he's trying to hedge his bet saying, Hey, we're going to get some young guys in there, but it's not going to be guaranteed that they're going to get a lot of minutes or they're going to get a lot of burn out there. They still have to work because I don't think they're necessarily ready enough to be playing at this level, but we'll try to get them and work them in uh, into the rotation as best as possible as we close out this season because I think Tibbs and I think the front office is realizing that this season, is you, the plan isn't worth it for them. I think it's worth it for them to go into the lottery. You know, I, I was listening to uh, 
Shout out to Alan Hahn on Barton Hahn and they had uh, Van Gundy on recently. And you, you hear Jeff Van Gundy talking about how, you know, this team shouldn't make the play in. And I agree with them because it gives this false sense uh, this false sense of like security that, oh, you can just perform like this and that you can get into the plan and then try to flip a switch and then really turn it up once you get there. And the fact of the matter is that this is not this team. This team is not one that can just flip a switch. They're not yeah. a LeBron James. They're not Kevin Durant. The way they've been playing the la- these last couple of games is how they need to start at the beginning of this season, and that's where you put some blame on the players. Where, where, if, where was this effort and where was this energy at the beginning? Maybe the season could have turned it, could have ended up differently. You could have been in position to be in the play, and you could have been in the position to be in the playoffs. Maybe at a sixth seed at best. But I think for right now, I think there's communication between the front office and Tibbs, and that's what his statement is saying that we're going to start focusing on the youth and yeah. You know, they're just not going to get all the minutes that you want to see. Uh, but I expect the same rotation based on that comment from him. Yeah, I, I think, um, as you said, he's he seems like he is open to playing the youth, but it's not going to be a complete full starting five of just, you know, all young players. I, I think what he says would make sense if they weren't so trash on the court. Knicks basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Knicks tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices on the same seats on another site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So go to TickPick.com slash TV today and use the promo code NICKSTV to save $10 off on your first order. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. his, his, his philosophy of putting rookies in a position to succeed for the betterment of the team, right? Um, you know, sometimes you throw in a rookie out there and if he's not elevating the team, well, that that's hurting the development of the other players as well. So as he's saying, it's not just about the benefit of one guy, it has to benefit the team. But at the end of the day, through these 59 games, team's not flowing through, through the guys that they have right now. Offensively, inconsistent, defensively, disaster. So something has to give. We, we've got to shuffle the deck a little bit. Doesn't seem like it's going to be a, a full slate of changes, but I think he has to because right now, if this thing keeps going the way it's going, he may not make it to, to year three. J.D. You know, I also think it's interesting that, you know, on Wednesday, January 26th, we're at Miami, you know, speaking to Alex's point about Jeff Van Gundy the other day on, on Alan Hahn, Barton Hahn. And, you know, Jeff Van Gundy making those comments. If you've paid attention, Jeff Van Gundy, who is obviously a respected coach and a lot of fans would love for him to coach the team, including you, CP. 
he's made a lot of eye-popping remarks on the current team and current guys that Tibbs has out there. And in that game against Miami, he questioned, you know, the lineups in a sense that he said changes are going to have to be made. You can't keep doing this. He questioned our effort. He questioned our heart. He questioned our energy. And then since that game, we've played 10 games, 10 additional games of the same thing, of the same thing. So everyone, oh, everyone tries to tell me that let's trust Tibbs. Tibbs is the one that's watching these guys on practice. Tibbs this, Tibbs that. Well, <laughs> you talk about an ally. You talk about a, 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 a confidant. You talk about the guy that he used to be his assistant coach. Jeff Van Gundy is identifying some things. And then for us, 10 games after that, to not see any changes and to see the results, we've won three games in 16. We've won three in our last 16 games with three and 13. I mean, listen, man, it's it's frustrating. And, you know, to his remarks, he started to, well, I got excited. Oh, yes, everything's on the table. Let's go. Here come the kids, baby. Let's go. And then he goes, well, it's not going to happen. I'm not giving everyone minutes. <laughs> Yo, you talk about ebbs and flows. You talk about changing your emotions. I was hyped when I saw the tweet. And then I look at the interview. He goes, well, you know, I'm just not going to play anyone. And then when he <laughs> yeah. says, when he says that it's not about one guy, like it's not about one specific guy. I think that's also interesting, CP, because at this time of the season, OKC, the Detroit Pistons, like these teams, they are focusing on specific players on their team that they want to kind of, you know, extend more and play more and learn more about. And Thibodeau is not with that. And, and so you have some players on this team that you could say, you know what, let's switch up the system and let's run some plays to this guy. Let's start running some pick and rolls, even though that's not really what we've been doing with Obi. Let's see how right. Obi responds to that. You know, let's bring Reddish off the bench and let's run some plays to him. Let's make him the focal point. Let's see how he responds to that. Those are some things that other organizations, they like to get to on the last 20, 15 games of the season. Tom Thibodeau does not sound like a person that's open to those ideas. And to me, when, when I see that attitude, man, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if anything is going to change. I'm hoping it does. Maybe the report, the leak, Ian Begley reported, maybe that switches. Maybe they've had conversations now. But if you ask me if Tom Thibodeau is still the head coach of this team tomorrow, then I'm looking at that Phoenix game, after that Phoenix game, because I think, you know, you got Miami on ESPN, you got Philly on ABC, you got Philly again on it's ESPN. Brutal, man. You got you talk about our next five games are on national television, not NBA TV national television, yeah. ESPN and ABC national television. You talk about half half of the commentary during these games is going to be about our dysfunction and what's been going on. Obsess. It's going to be a cesspool, man. It's going to be it a can get ugly. Bro. It's going to get ugly, man. So I'm looking at it like if you're Dolan, right? And let's say you wanted to make a move. I could understand not doing it in All-Star break. You don't want to take some, you know, OBs out there. You don't want the conversation to become about what the Knicks did. You don't want that out there in national TV. And then when you look at the schedule, 
I could see them thinking about making a move after this stretch because you look at those teams. I don't know where you see a, a, a W right now. It's going to be very interesting because, as you said, likely going to get destroyed on national TV. And with that media attention stirring the pot, how much of that pressure leads Dolan to make a move? You know, Dolan responds to that, whether it's from the fans or the media or the combination of those two. Does he make that move? You know, does does he force Leon's hand? I don't I don't see Leon pulling the trigger that quick on his hand pick coach. I just don't see it. I think, you know, the the issues of a disconnect between front office and coach, how true it is. And how bad is it? Right. I, I don't think every organization is not, you know, in sync from a player personnel standpoint and so on. Front offices have their philosophies. Coaches has has their philosophies. You're not going to get everybody you want. You're not going to get everything that you want. But how how deep is the divide between Tibbs and the front office? I think it is is very interesting because I don't know if we really know that. Like, how deep is it? Is it is it that deep where you know Tibbs can't see himself aligning with with the vision, quote unquote? of Leon Perry and Wes, or is it something where they say, okay, this year didn't work back to the drawing board. We try to trade off some of these vets, get some better complimentary pieces in here, focus on the draft, get you an offensive coordinator. Please get this guy offensive coordinator for year next year and try it again for year three. You know, I, I think, I think that's the question now. I, I don't know how big that gap is between front office and tips. Yeah, I mean, I think Ian also reported in that same article, it's natural for a lot of organizations to have that disconnect, disagreement. You're not always going to see eye to eye on everything. And look, we saw that from the same report last year from uh, your own wise men, how they were talking about how Worldwide West wanted IQ, how, you know, Tom Thibodeau wanted X players, you know, he wanted Derrick Rose. And it seemed Leon Rose last year was able to facilitate it where everyone got everything that they wanted throughout the season. Right. So, but you see like within that same, that same article, they talked about disagreements, how they were not necessarily cutthroat, but it's just, you just saw natural disagreements and what they wanted for the team and how they saw it moving forward. And we're seeing again this season. And to your point, CP, like we don't know, we're not in that office. And if you want to see how some, Organization go see tonight how this uh, KFTV lineup predictions. Oh, we got <laughs> lineup predictions. This, where we're not all in sync, but hey, that that's the nature of the game, right? Yeah, any organization, you're going to see some hiccups. You're going to see some uh, some a little disconnect. You know, the thing is, can they course correct and can they come back next season? Can they get that offensive co- coordinator for Tom Thibodeau if he's back again next season? Saying, "Hey, man, this is your weak point. We need to bring in somebody to help you, and this is the guy who's going to be drawing the drawn up on the board, not you." Okay? Does the front office remove some of the guys saying, "Hey, we're not going to give you a stack rotation, and we're going to force your hand to play Quentin Grimes more, or we're going to force your hand to play Deuce McBride more, so these guys get some more minutes as well as Cam Reddish?" That's something. That, that's something the the front office has to realize and help their head coach as well, and not just put him in a position on an island to figure that all for himself. Uh, LCP, I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Seeing what happened with the leak, right? Because that's that's the other thing is, 
somebody leaked that. Maybe it was maybe it was Worldwide West himself, or maybe it was Scott Perry. But somebody did. So yeah. there was intention here, right? Because look at the timing. Um, look at the timing of it, right? After this net game and all that stuff. So it, these things don't happen without some type of agenda or intention. Mm-hmm. When you see that, is there anything fishy to you about the Rosas hire? Does that, do, do you think anything of it or do you think it's just, it's just um, it was just, because when I look at it, I start to think, mm, yeah, I don't know. It could be fishy. Well, for one, could that be Perry's replacement? Could that be Perry's ultimate replacement? Who who knows? Or or could he be the guy that helps get the next GM, right? Because Rosas is here as a consultant. Consultants come in to typically, you know, in, in, in most business cases, to improve some sort of process, right? He's he's a consultant to press and basketball operations. Is there something within operations that he's up with? Is, is it scouting? Is it, you know, player personnel? Is it contract negotiations? Is it salary cap? Uh, is it going out and 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 um finding the the next GM for the team? So I think it could it could be anything at this point. It's it's hard to really know. You know, it's hard to know. But I think, you know, when he first got hired, I think especially around the trade deadline, a lot of people say, well, they don't know now. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They, they hired this guy to trade that. I don't, I didn't necessarily see it that way. He's a guy that despite, you know, whatever reason he was ousted from the Timberwolves, it wasn't anything basketball related. You have players coming to bat for him. You have people around the league uh, speaking highly of his, of his resume, of his ability to, you know, find some diamonds in the rough. Timberwolves certainly are a pretty decent team this year based on some of the players that he found. So, I would accept that to help this team. Now, does it lead to to too many chefs in the kitchen or or some some stabbings in the back? That's that's left to be seen. And this is the Knicks, so anything anything is possible. I think I think they I, I think Wesley wants Tibbs gone. Like if I had to guess, I think they see already because again, it, it it goes it goes with the leak. You don't leak something like that. Like you don't, you could leak a report saying that you don't see eye to eye, that you want, you think of a certain philosophy and the coach thinks of a certain philosophy. Like that's all, that's all whatever. Like, you know, everybody, you know, you you get together, you figure it out. Mm -hmm. But for you to leak that you went to the owner of the whole thing and of all owners, James Dolan, Mm -hmm. and you told Dolan, listen, man, that guy is a big reason why we are where we are. To me, that tells me that you want to influence the owner to think away or to make a certain move. You want to convince yeah. him to go a certain route. And when that happens, I think they want him gone. I think what it is, is they are trying to be careful about Johnny Bryant, who I think would take over. Mm. Um do you want to fire Tibbs now and then John, have Johnny Bryan go out there on national TV in the next five games and get slaughtered? Get smoked. Get smoked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is that, that's, that's how you want to introduce? Because remember, this would be the second hire of this front office. Right. Not many front office get a third. This will be your guy. So part of me thinks, man, maybe they just do wait to the offseason, give Johnny Bryan a whole offseason, give him a full training camp, like just a clean slate. 
different air and you put the guy that you want in a best position for him to just get off, you know, in a better slate than put him in now when things just don't look right. Um, So I think that is a big part of them deciding when to make the move is, all right, we want to make the move, but how do we also get this guy to be successful? And to even add on to your point, J.D., just let's think about what happened to Fizdale and with Mike Miller, right? And all the backlash that Mike Miller had to, not him personally, but the team that they were getting when Mike Miller was at the head coach and just being in that position of always being the, the point of contact saying, hey, what's going on over here? Like, how's, how are you handling the situation? What's going on behind the scenes? Are you getting, you think you'll be here next year? Are you getting all that you need from the front office? If Johnny Bryant is going to be that guy that they are that they want to succeed after uh, Tom Thibodeau, then you don't want to put him in this position. And this is Can't. where it makes Can't. sense. It. it makes sense for for Ian what he reports saying. You know, with winning coach of the year, that it seems like he would get until the end of the season because of that. Because of one, what he did last season, and just as a courtesy. Also, I just think league wide. If you're the guy, if you're the front office that picked Tom Thibodeau, and then you fired him a year and a half <laughs> during a season, how does that look to the rest of the league? You know that that's that's a big after question. After a good one that they had, after a good one that's that they had, whether you want to say it's fool's goal or not, you know, I, I, I at the earliest sign of adversity, you're gonna clip the guy when the roster's not complete. You know, I'm the I'm a pro- firm. The believer. problem is he's not coaching the way the front office he's not yeah his style is not matching to the way the front office wants or i I, I mean i'm assuming and i think that's the biggest issue even if this happens so early and it's year two that's the issue that's the part of it like if he was if this was happening with with a mix of everyone you know and all the draft picks are playing then yeah you just live with it you know give them to the end of the season maybe even start next season but the problem is you continue this on, you're going to continue to see his same stubborn approach. That is what the front office tries is trying to break through. And I don't know that mm-hmm. anyone can break through that philosophy of Tom Thibodeau. You just heard his comments saying, listen, I'm not giving everyone minutes. It ain't about us. It ain't about one player. It's about the team. If a player is playing well and the team is functioning, that player is going to play. And even that statement is questionable because, you know, we've seen a lot of different examples. So I think the biggest issue in all of this right now is his style of coaching is just not clicking with the way the front office wants to operate. Yeah, I get that. I I get that. I think for the front office, too, right, is that I don't think they were also expecting the rebuild to happen that quickly after one season where I think they were looking for him to create this foundation of, being competitive, going through a few, like two rough seasons until they can even break, like being even playoff relevant. But it happened so quick that now, now they're like, well, maybe he already set the foundation. Maybe these guys are already working hard enough. Maybe we can already move off from him and go to Johnny Bryan if that's the next guy. You know, that's just my thought as well. I I just think, look, yes, they need to get on the same page as far as can he carry out their vision uh, as it pertains to his rotations, X's and O's and so on. But I also think they have to help him by getting the proper pieces. I'm a guy, listen, it's a player's league. Players play. 
players play, man. Yes, the coach is there for a certain reason. The X's and O's have to be right. You want to be motivating your players. You want to be developing. But we also need the talent. And I don't see any coach coming in here and saving this team with Julius Randle at the helm and no logic, no legit option to run your point, to run your, to, to run your offense. I just don't see it. And that's why I'm leery of everybody saying, oh, bring in Johnny Brown, bring in Johnny Brown, bring in Johnny Brown. If we don't have the patience for Tibbs, for Fisdale, for Mike Miller, for this guy, for that guy, where after a year and a half, two years of adversity and losing, Johnny Bryant's going to suffer the same fate if you don't get him the proper pieces. Because we can talk all this, we want to see the youth, we want to see the youth, but in the back of our minds, we also want to see wins. And when you don't win and you're losing the way we are, he's going to be out the door quick, fast, and in a hurry, just like the ones before him. So to me, I think it's, it's up to the front office. They have a bigger job in year three of this rebuild to put some pieces in here. Again, we're not, we're not trying to get to championship right now. We understand it has to be realistic. We want steps. You can't, take, you can't skip steps. Some teams get lucky and can, but naturally you can't. Can they put the pieces in here that can be a complementary, cohesive team where we can get to the next step? And I just, right now, until then, I don't see which coach is going to come in here and be that savior. Look at Popovich in San Antonio. Where's his horses right now? Is he a bad coach? Is he all of a sudden a bad coach? Because he he doesn't have his guys. Zante Murray's looking like a damn star out there. But Spurs have been struggling. You know, I I just use that as one example. You you still need the players, man. And we're, we're just not there yet. This year was a dud. And that's why, to my point, like I said, the blame has to go to everybody because you keep like even if you go to the players, right? What if Julius Randle was playing the way he was playing right now at the beginning of the season, not taking possessions off, not just trotting back on defense, not trying to do moves that didn't make sense to his game, right? Maybe we have a different outcome. You know, this is where I also say, like, back to the front office, like if you're if you know who Tibbs is as a, as a coach, you have to bring in the guys to play that defensive effort and that defensive intensity that he's looking for. Like, you know, he's not an offensive guy. Maybe you say, hey, we know this guy's not an offensive guy. If Mike Woodson was that guy last season, then you have to replace Mike Woodson to help create that offense. If that's who that if that's what he was doing last season. So this is where the front office takes blame. This is where I look at the players too. And on top of that, like this season, like we've lost Derek Rose, right? We had, he had this mid-season ankle surgery that came out of left field when that report dropped. Noel has been in and out. Mitch doesn't always, like, he's been playing most of the games, but sometimes he hasn't been able to complete the games, too, because of injury, whether it's tweaking an ankle or his back. So this, this season has just gone awry, and it's not necessarily all to Thibodeau, but you can blame everybody who's involved with it. Everyone takes some sh- sort of blame, mm-hmm. and there's just stuff that just came out of nowhere that no one was expecting. I think if you said to anybody that, hey, this team's not going to have Derrick Rose for about two months, how do you think this team's going to do when, you, when your second unit is the best offensive unit that you have, I don't, I think people would say this team's probably not going to be pretty good. And if I told you, hey, we're, go- we're not going to have Neurons Noel, and Mitch is going to be injured, he's not going to be in full condition yet to go play at the high level that we're known for him playing at. I think if you hear all those things and you add all those things up to it, you're like, 
yeah, this team pretty much sounds like where it's supposed to be right now. So it's not just on Tibbs, although we can like, don't get me wrong. Like Tibbs is at fault for how he's been calling plays, X's and O's, late game execution, how he utilizes his timeout. He is not, he is not shielded from anything. He is part of this mess too. Okay. He does not walk away without any blame for how this, for how this season has unfolded. But it's not just one person. This entire, this entire team, this entire team has just gone sideways. Is is that UCP setting it up for your lineup? Is is that what you're we, going to Are we going to get to Lions? We're going to get to Lions. Because I felt a little funny about your explanation. We, we, it's a buildup here. We're we going to get to the Lions, family. And we, let me hit the reset. So, salute to Super Chat. Salute to Chat. And uh, then we're going to get to the Lions, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Nick's Weekly presented by Manscaped. CP the franchise. Shady Sports Talk. Alex Rotaro's recapping the week that was for the New York Knicks. And uh, looking forward to the week ahead, man. What changes will Tom Thibodeau make? What changes do you guys want to make, man? Leave us some comments in the chat. Leave us some comments in the comment section below. Salute to the replay gang. Those of you that are watching, uh, catching up, whether it's later on tonight or the day after. Uh, remember that this show is presented by Manscaped, fellas. Go out and go get your lawnmower 4.0 number one men's grooming tool below the waist but not only that because manscaped is not only taking care of you in the crown jewels but they're taking care of everything else from head to toe man and and like i said you got new products in from manscaped your body wash your shampoo and conditioner they have new deodorant new moisturizing spray so go out and get that they got the lip balm the ultimate premium package by manscape man we just laced the team the whole team is laced now with manscape products so as you see here this is all a part of the ultimate premium package if you go to manscape.com you'll see it right there on the front page uh add it to the cart and enter promo code kftv for 20 percent off Plus free shipping, Manscaped, always taking care of the Knicks fan TV viewers. So salute to our friends over there at Manscaped. Also, let me salute the Super Chats that have come in. Shout out to Loyalty. Uh, Fight out Super Chat. He says, if everything is on the table, then Tabe's got a week to figure out how to set the table. Work the kids in, mix it up some way, somehow, figure it out. Paul Robinson says, the youth may result in more wins. They're solid. Okay. All right. All right, fellas. So as we said, as Tibbs has said, everything is on the table. Knicks start off Friday the 25th at home against the Miami Heat. So let's talk about some lineup predictions, fellas. Some lineup predictions. Where do you think the Knicks go here in the rotation? JD, I can't wait to see CPs. Just, just, Just so you guys know, we don't, I don't know the picks. You know, CP never wants to tell us anything, any of his predictions. He always wants to wait till we're live. So there's always, there's always, you know, an agenda here. So let's see, let's see, let's, let's see, let's see what CP has. Well, let's start, let's start with you. Since, since you volunteered, <laughs> let's start with your lineup here. And as we present it to the fans, we got JD starting five, Deuce McBride, Quentin Grimes, RJ at the three, Julius, Mitch, Bench, IQ, Fortier, Reddish, OB, and Sims. JD, your thoughts here? Well, uh, I mean, listen, I, I think it's unlikely that he's going to go from what just happened to going with Deuce. But my thinking is, you know, what do we do to 
kind of have Tibbs a little bit happy, right? In the sense of how do we create an environment for him to still feel that he can be competitive. And in that, I'm giving you Deuce at the starting five. Um, With that, you have a backcourt that is defensive-minded. And and that should go along with with his his competitive um, energy. So I'm going... I'm going with that over quickly. And the reason for me is I just I just like quickly off the bench as a scorer, putting him in that spotlight as the starting point guard to me um, is is I just don't see that as a as an option in the future. Um, And with McBride, listen, why not? You know, he can play defense. he had two starts this season. I know one was against Shea Gilders Alexander, who had 24 points on 23 shots, was 9 of 23. So I know a lot of people that night gave a lot of credit to SGA, but uh, McBride played a lot of defense. And I just think at this point, man, why not? Like, he's going to give you more defense than Kemba. He's going to give you more defense than Burks. Um, he's going to play hard. You know, Tibbs talks a lot about playing hard, a lot about energy. McBride, at the very least, even if he doesn't know where he's going to be at, he doesn't know how to rotate, blah, blah, blah. But you're going to get something that some other players on this team have not been able to give you. And off the bench, listen, I was back and forth between starting Cam and putting Grimes at the one with RJ at the two and Cam at the three. In the end, I decided to go Cam Reddish off the bench because if you look at that five, Reddish is the guy that gives you the shot creation. This is an opportunity for you to create an environment with Reddish. Give him two shooters in Fournier and quickly. Give him an athletic guys in Obi and Sims and just let Reddish create. Let's see how he responds to being a focal point off the bench. Put him in that, in that mindset of creating, of scoring, of being aggressive. And let's see how he responds to that. The only reason I have Fournier there, the only reason, It's because when you look at Kemba, who obviously is not in this rotation, there's no future here. When you look at Burks, there's no future here. I'm done. Also, contractually, Fournier has an additional year. You have to play somebody. Like, you can't just go 100% kids. You got to play somebody that's a veteran. And with Fournier, who is shooting well from three, I got to give him that. You got to, you know, continue to increase his value to eventually potentially move him. Or maybe this is his new role for this team in the next few years. Maybe his new role is coming off the bench and being a shooter. That's my mindset. Um, That's how I would go. All right. All right. All right. Next up. All right. He he left Burks off the lineup, but it's all good. We got Alex up next. (laughs) Alex is starting five. IQ. Quentin Grimes at the two. RJ at the three, Julius, Mitch, Bench, Rose, Hive, stand up, McBride at the two, Cam at the three, OB, and Jericho, Sims. Al, what's your thought process here? All right, so my thought process here is that we're going to give the promotion to Emmanuel quickly. I think if you put Deuce McBride over him, I think just aesthetically, I think that's a lot of red flags for a guy who's also been here. So I don't think I can see Tibbs just putting, although we did, we have seen him do it, but I would like to see quickly get that shot. And I think for quickly, if you're already going to have two guys, especially with RJ Barrett and Julius Randle who like to go downhill, 
that alleviates Quickly's inability to go downhill and kind of opens him up to circle around from the perimeter. So it gives him more of a three-point, his three-point shot opportunity again. You know, that's what De- Derrick Rose would help him do on that second unit, just by attacking the paint relentlessly. And if you have those two guys, you can do it and find Emmanuel Quickly. You can get a shot set and uh, just knock him down. Just same thing with Quentin Grimes. So you're giving two guys who are going to be bullies in the paint, and that's why you also have Grimes out there as another knockdown shooter. And I think him and Quick will work well together. I think both of them got good defensive intensity to guard guys on the perimeter as well. They're also just relentless at that when it comes to that play style. And then you're going to have Mitch up there as your as your big man, right? Because he can guard the pick and roll, a good rim protector. But I think this rotation, I think there's a really good balance between guys who can shoot from the perimeter, even though Quickly's had a down year. I think he does shoot well. I'm, you know, even looking at numbers and even though it hasn't been Grimes, if you look at a lineup with Randall, Robinson, Barrett, Quickly, and Fournier, they've done that for 10 games. It's it's been they've won five and lost five, but the net rate the offensive rating is 118.6. Good scoring output. So I think if you put uh Grimes in there, who can also knock down the three ball. I think you're still going to get quite a similar output and they still have a net rating at 3.1. I think that could still transfer if you have this type of rotation in there. So that's why I'm looking from them. And then from the bench, I wa- I see that JD want to leave my guy out, Derek Rose. Mm. All right. So it's okay. It's Rose okay. We, 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 we can get up. back to that. But I, I'll stand for the Rose Hive. All right. I got the jersey back there as well. You're going to have some veteran leadership, as JD said. Look, man, you need some sort of veteran out there to help guide everybody. And who else but Derek Rose? We don't. I love Taj, but you, you, I want Sims out there to get some minutes, start developing in a setter, okay? Obi Toppin, you know what we need out of him. He gives you that energy off the bench as well. Good rim runner. Uh, great out in transition. That's what you need out of Toppin. Cam Reddish, we, he's just a tantalizing wing. You know, we keep talking about it on this show. He just gives you an offensive dimension that you don't have on this team. He's long, which is good for defensive purposes as well. And then working right next to Rose, he could, Rose could have Deuce McBride. You can groom him. Rose could grind McBride as he was doing for Manuel quickly last season. And I think they both can do the same thing. Similar, similar style. McBride has a good jumper, you know, get him out there uh, working off ball as well, still working on ball as well. But Derek Rose can kind of groom him, just weed that offense too. That way these kids who are out there aren't necessarily lost. They have some sort of veteran at the point guard position that can guide them and get them in the right, uh, and get them in the right positions. You know, we heard, Obi Toppin last season as well, how he how he went to Derrick Rose, how Derrick Rose was like, just don't worry, just get get your rebounds, get out in transition, I'll find you, don't worry. I feel like that can transfer to all these guys as well, and they're going to respect D. Rose for who he is as a player and what his name carries around the league. So that's why I'm going with this as uh, my bench lineup. Also notable, no Burks, two lineups, two people, no Burks. And I can't wait for CP's lineup. <laughs> <laughs> Also, let me let me respond real quickly to the Derrick Rose thing because I did miss him. I didn't have Derrick Rose in my rotation because I'm going to be consistent with what I said a few months ago when I got tomatoes. And I said at that point that it's just time to move on, get him to a contender. Um, if we're going to pivot, I just want to pivot fully. Also, the relationship with Tibbs and Rose, I just think if I put Rose in my lineup, Tibbs is going to overplay him and it's just going to get away from what I want to accomplish with with this young roster. Okay. All right. Very very interesting. Very interesting. So we got two lineups without my guy Alec Burks in there. Mr. Fourth Quarter. I swear if you have you know 
Sounds like the music changed for this. If one, you have the Kemba fun. and you have started five, bro, if you go with the same status quo, I might have to order a CA8 hat myself. All right, here, here's where I'm going, man. Since you guys are, you, you guys want to keep Burks out of this thing, out of this potential turnaround, okay, you do so at your own peril. Because once Rose comes back, things could change. But for right now, I'm leaving them out of my lineup. I'm leaving them out of my rotation. Here's where I'm going. Mm. I'm going with IQ right now. Why? The Kemba experiment, scrap. By default, he's out of there. Okay? McBride and IQ. Right now, I've seen, even though it hasn't been great, it's been up and down. This is the hardest position to come in and be an impact right away. We know quickly is probably more of a six man, more of a combo. We're talking about for right now. We have 20 something games left. We don't know the status of Rose. I don't even think he, he's sprinting right now. You put it quickly in at the point. More offensive chemistry with RJ and Julius. Offense picks up. You put him out there with 48. Can push the pace. Has shown some playmaking ability. And he's going to give you that spark. He's going to provide you that energy. Now, if we're going to be running the offense, whether it's through Julius or through RJ, then you're getting quickly more in an off-ball position anyway. And maybe that's a better spot for him than having to run an offense. Again, this is a band-aid situation. This is not for the future. This is for right now to finish the season. I'm going with quickly at the point. We don't yet know, just like we we don't, some people don't think quickly's a point guard. We don't know if McBride's a point guard either. Let's keep it real. Miles McBride was drafted 36 in the draft. Why? He could shoot well. He defends at, at damn near an elite level. So why was Miles McBride drafted so late? Because they did not know his fit in the league. And part of that is, can he run an offense? Can he control the tempo? Can he push and transition? Those things are unclear. That is why you haven't seen McBride right now. And that was Tibbs' pick in the draft. So I'm, I'm balancing with a little fantasy hoops and a little realism. I'm, 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 I'm rocking part CAA TV, part Knicks fan TV. I'm sprinkling in a little bit of both. <laughs> I took out Burks. But even though he's going to be in there, trust and believe, Tibbs ain't taking him out that lineup. But I'm taking him out just for the sake of tonight. So I'm going quickly. RJ, Fournier's in there. Shooting 41% from three. He's been shooting a lot better. That, that was your prize acquisition. He's not going anywhere. Business is business. Fournier is sticking around, at least for the rest of the season. And I don't see him starting. And and look, he could he could very well not finish games, Right? We're just talking about starting lineup. Fournier can very well not finish games. Maybe it's Cam finishing games. Maybe it's Quentin Grimes finishing games. But to start the game, Fournier's locked in. Julius Mitch locked in. Now off the bench, until Rose comes back, now I'm going to give McBride an extended look as a backup. I'm rocking my CAA TV. I'm in, the, I'm in the mind of Tom Thibodeau like Professor X. He wants to put McBride out there against the backups in a position where he can succeed. So now you're going to have him. You're going to have Grimes, Cam. I'm bringing Obi in there, and I'm going with Jericho. I'm telling Nerlens Noel, I'm changing the address of Madison Square Garden. Don't come back. Taj, forget about it. You're going to be holding the clipboard, coach's assistant. I'm going with Jericho at the five. 
I like that. I'm getting some defense. I'm getting some shooting off the bench. I'm getting some energy. It's balanced. My, my lineup is balanced. And I'm leaving Burks off there, which, which, which would endear me with the fans. So I'm doing a little bit of everything, even though Burks is likely not leaving that lineup. This is my lineup. It's, it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of everything. Well, having Fournier up there is like having Burks. <laughs> so hold on. Let me ask you this, though, because yeah. you think you slick. So you're saying, yeah. Woj said Rose might be back this Friday. So let's say he's not, right, to give your lineup a chance, your rotation. Yeah. And McBride gets those minutes. Yeah. Let's say Rose is back in three, four games. Yeah. That means under your lineup, McBride is back out of the rotation. He's going to be out. I think in I think in all reality, I think you don't see McBride until this team is mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. And that's Re- realistically. That's- Realistically, That's Rose is playing. I, Rose is absolutely going to play. He's not going to start. People in the chat are going well, to start. He's not going to start. He's going to come off the bench, back in his role. I think Perks is going to be back in there. But McBride, I don't think you see McBride until this team's mathematically eliminated. Hmm. And you putting Grimes back on the bench for Fournier. Yeah. Grimes is back on the bench. Grimes is back on the bench. But again, he could close games. I could need him for his defense. If his shot is on the money that game, Grimes could very easily close games. Grimes has proven to be a favorite of Tibbs. He's not going anywhere in this rotation. He's just not going to start just yet. He's just not going to start just yet. You, you see Grimes as a future starter on this team. For sure. In other for words, sure. next year. For sure. For sure. I see, I see Grimes and RJ as a future, as the future wings on this team. Until okay. we do better. You know, until we do better. I see Grimes and RJ as the future wins of this team. But Grimes can very easily um, close games for this team, depending on what the situation calls for. He went with Fournier over Burks. That's... I, ma- I had to, I made the tough decision. You know, I made the executive decision. <laughs> Again, it's a little bit of fantasy basketball, a little bit of realism. But in reality... I don't even know if Burks is coming out that rotation. He's been a Tibbs fan favorite. He could be the starting point guard on Friday. Is your Burks uh, card membership still valid after this one? I, I, I will <laughs> say CP's lineup is more trending towards my nightmare <laughs> as a fan, like my, the fan side, because like when you really think about it, it's like he doesn't have Burks on his lineup, but he doesn't see Burks being out of the lineup. So that means someone else has to be taken out of there. And then when Rose comes back, McBride has to be taken out of there. So I'm looking at it. We're back to square one. Yeah. <laughs> we're back to the <laughs> you vets. Know, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're back, back to square one. We're really, back to the vets. only real change you could really see here is Kemba being yeah. out and whoever replaces yes. it. That's really it. That's when it. Rose comes back, you expect them to play, I guess. Uh, if you don't think Burks and Fournier are going to be out, then they're going to play. And if they're going to play, I see Thibodeau playing them a lot. So when you really think about it, what is the real change? The point. The point. This is why This is why I'm, man, I'm making a move. Forget all that. I'm, 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 I'm removing a coach that <laughs> has personal attachments to a few of these players. I'm, I'm not doing that. And the chat is voting. Right now, the chat is voting. And JD taking a narrow 45% to 42% lead. Who's lineup to finish the season? The chat is voting right now. You want to put my lineup back up there? Yeah, yeah. Let's start swinging the votes. 
<laughs> you just want to leave yours up there so, you, so people can really think about let's it. Let's throw it back up there. Hold up. All right, let's throw it back up hey, there. Hey, put, put mine up there, man. Yeah, yeah. Come I'm, I'm going to throw Rotate everybody's up there. So JD's Alex, like, five. I want to get some votes, too. Yeah, JD, come on, man. J, JD's five once again. Uh, Deuce, Crimes, RJ, Julius and Mitch, Bench, IQ, Fournier, Reddish, Obi, and Jericho. That rotation does not blow a 28-point lead against the Brooklyn Nets. Guarantee you that. McBride himself just gets a, a stop or two that makes a difference. Mm. I would certainly hope when, so, man. Because the problem is when you're up that much, you're, you're just looking for energy. Usually when teams come back on you, it's the energy just goes down. You, you get lax. You fall into the same thing. That's why sometimes you make a few changes and, and you know, you're able to... Uh, well, that's why if you want to push the, if you want to keep the pace going, you got to have Emmanuel quickly out there Facts. with Quentin Grimes, man. Facts. With Quentin Grimes, no, 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 you got Fournier out there. You got to have Quentin Grimes out there too to push the pace, man. All right, you got to have that equal balance of guys who can attack the paint and shoot from the perimeter. That way, you can keep those twenty-point leads. And guess what? You bring in that second unit led by D Rose. You want to talk about getting out in transition and still having that killer second unit? You're just making one change, really. That's IQ Juice McBride. And my thinking with Grimes is, you know, I, I'm looking at the Desmond Bain trajectory. You know, once you know, like, that's why I ask you, Pete, do you see Grimes as the future too? If you see him as the future too and he's starting now and he's playing the way he's playing now, I just keep him in there. And, and I think this is the opportunity to pivot and just go with your future uh, in terms of him specifically at the two. Um, it's a little tricky because I personally think RJ's best position is the two. My opinion, I think RJ's best position is the two, but in this case, you know, everyone's gonna have to adapt. And Alex is five once again. IQ Grimes, RJ, Julius, Mitch off the bench, Rose Hive, who could be coming back on Friday. Uh, Miles McBride, Cam, OB, and Jericho, and then my lineup for the last time. And we're gonna take some calls in a minute. My lineup for the last time is. Where is my lineup at? Oh, here it is. Um, IQ, RJ, Fournier, Julius Mitch off the bench, McBride, Rose, Rose McBride, Grimes, Reddish, Obi, and Sims. All right, so vote in the chat. Let's get to the phones. Uh, Fredo, Fredo, what's good, bro? Gentlemen, gentlemen, I need a, I really need a safe place to vent, man. Hey, man, right. you've come to the right place, my guy. What's going on? All right, man. I mean, we went from 50 wins this season to looking like we're going to hit 50 losses. So calling it the reverse Searburger, man. Yeah. Stressed out. Yeah. No, uh, you know, Tibbs deserves a lot of smoke. These plays deserves a lot of smoke. But the person I'm calling about today that I feel like they ain't getting enough smoke is Leon Rose. Um, I feel like the way that he's handling the situation right now is it's, it just like it's disturbing. It's disappointing. And it's flat out disrespectful to the fans. Mm. He hasn't he he hasn't came and uh, talked to us since I think September or August. And uh, I remember him saying he was going to be very aggressive, and I, I put a lot of faith behind him. And the fact that this trade deadline has passed and he hasn't said anything to us, anything, and the fans are fighting with each other about the direction of this team. People don't know what's going on now. You have the front office leaking things about Tibbs. The fact that he's leaving Tibbs out there to take all these arrows, which some of them he deserves, but the fact that he's handling it this way is this—it's gutless to me. 
and I'm extremely disappointed and angered by the way he's handling it. And I just, he needs to step up and he needs to come out and put a statement out because at the end of the day, this is the team that him and his guys put together True. for Tibbs. True. And I, I, I don't understand how we're letting him get away with this. And it just, it really, it really like, we need to call him out and his feet need to be held to the fire. He needs to be held accountable for this. It's it's just, it's gone on way too far and I'm just really, really upset about it. So good point. guys, thank, thank, thanks for letting me, uh, letting me vent. Have a good night. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's a good point, man. I, I think at the very least, you know, I wouldn't expect anything now, but at the end of the season, you need to come out with kind of a state of the union, you know, what happened, where are you going? And, and what we need to look forward to, uh, you know, this is this is the adversity for Leon as his first year. I mean, the second year in this position. Yes, last year was roses. This year, not so much. No pun intended. But he he, he should address it. He, he should address it, man. There's a lot going on this year. You know, he, he should definitely come forward at the end of the season. I don't expect anything now uh, with with, you know, 20 something games left. But at the end of the season, for sure. Um, Nate from Rochester. Nate, what's going on? Yeah, you know, uh, y'all got me. Yep, loud and clear. Right, all right. Um, I don't really got much. I just want to know what what is the expectation for McBride? Because I'm just, I'm really kind of confused to see why our fan base is like so enamored with him. When we, all we, we really love have everybody, to... Nate, man. We 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 are hives of everybody. We know that, man. We know that. It, no, it, it's it's fine. Like honestly, I don't want to see Ken, but I'm fine with McBride playing because right now our season is kind of lost. You know. So it's like we might as well see what we got. But like we're only citing like G League numbers and one game against the Thunder. And no, even no, that no, game the, against the Rockets, the Rockets. The Rockets game was impressive. Oh, the Rockets, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh I, I was gonna talk about the Thunder game because mm-hmm. I know JD brought up the fact that Shea uh Shea Gill just went nine of twenty-three. Mm-hmm. But a lot, what really killed us that game was the dribble penetration and like all the threes that the team was hitting. And like mm-hmm. that's not all on McBride, but like, you know, it's like, like we gotta look at stuff like that. And I'm looking at a league where, like, we have Cade Cunningham. We have LaMelo Ball. We have um, Luka Doncic. Like, point guards are getting taller. And we're looking at like, guys, like, undersized to be, like, our point guard of the future. It's like, I just don't – I'm not – I don't want him to, like, fail. Like, I want him to be here. But it's like, I just don't have a high expectation for him. It's mm-hmm. like, we need a guy with, like, talent. All right, we're, we're looking towards our second-round picks to save the teams. Like, what are we doing? Well, like, no, we no. I, I, Ivy, I, I wouldn't – well, I hear that. Of course, of course. And and I don't think anybody's, you know, under the illusion of saving the team. But it's just a matter of can we see what this guy can do? You look at teams like Toronto and every single one of their guys, you know, you know the Delano Blantons of the world, every single one of those guys are getting opportunities at some point at, at, or another. Um, to get into these games. So I think it's just fans want to see. Yes, the Houston game left you wanting to see what can he do with, with a larger sample size. Can, can, can I respond yeah, to his? Jump uh, in, jump in, his, jump his, in. His, um, okay, so answering his first question, um, why do the fans uh, like McBride? Mm-hmm. For the same reason, um, I think the answer to that is for the same reason that fans are attached to Grimes. For the same reason that the fans are attached to any Knicks player that gets drafted and has some of the characteristics and on-court traits that symbolizes the city, which is grit, which is toughness, which is energy, which is defense. We 
we go so crazy over those things that sometimes we don't even care if the player can play offense. Right, like that's facts. how this city it's is. Facts. Facts. You know what I mean? Sometimes we don't even care if the guy can shoot or not. If you can do that. I remember the junkyard dog mm-hmm. was like a fan favorite mm-hmm. just because of those things. So it's just so easy. Uh, and it's because of the city, the way people that are in New York, the way we live our lives, you know, stressful city, it's stressful just to go to work, Gritty. a lot of stuff. So it's fast paced. Uh, city. Um, so McBride gives you that. The second thing is he asked, what are your expectations of McBride? Like I said, I'm looking into next season and you mentioned the CP where this is going to be an off season where Leon Rose um, is going to have some pressure. I'm already looking, I'm already dreaming about McBride, Jaden Ivy, McBride, Jalen Brunson, McBride, Malcolm Brogdon. In other words, my expectations of McBride or what I would like for him to develop into is the backup guard to the point where, you know, the way quickly is struggling. Listen, not everybody that you draft is going to be on this team. And the way I look at it is quickly needs to start to play better because if McBride gets an opportunity, I don't know that another head coach would want two small guards in a backcourt, whether it's off the bench or starting. Mm -hmm. Right. So, to me, I'm looking at McBride and giving him an opportunity now and his ceiling for the Knicks is maybe he can be the backup, yeah. not a starter. I don't see him as a starter or saving the keys because I think if they felt that way, he would have been starting already. It's facts. And that's that. Uh, for the people in the chat, I want to introduce you guys to a new sponsor of the show, and that is HelloFresh. America's number one meal kit meets the number one show for the fans by the fans, man. And the new year is a great time to focus on what's important to you, whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout or learning how to cook, prioritizing wellness. HelloFresh is here to help with the endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. With HelloFresh, they deliver pre-portioned ingredients right to your doorstep, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week. So you get convenience without skimping on the quality. Skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you long waits and long lines at the store, man. HelloFresh is definitely a great deal, especially, you know, the pandemic as well. Some people want to stay out of public as much as they can. HelloFresh is definitely a great option for you. Uh, I've been rocking with them for a little while now. The food's great. You get recipes with each box of food. You can order, you know, all types of stuff, whether you're a meat eater, vegetable eater, vegan, so on and so forth, seafood. They got a variety of uh, of great quality meals that you can plan for yourself. And like I said, the recipes come in. It's very easy to put together. You guys might not be, you know, Emerald Lagasse's at your crib, but it's very easy. Just follow the directions and, and skill it up. Chef it up at the house, man. So HelloFresh is the wave. And for our viewers and our listeners, they're going to hook us up, man. If you go to HelloFresh.com, enter promo code NYXTV16, you'll qualify for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. 16 free free meals, three, three free gifts. It's a great deal. Like I said, go to HelloFresh.com and enter promo code NYXTV16. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. I think the thing for like why we're enamored, like it's the same things like for Frank Nilakina, you know, Mod Shumper, like all these guys that JD pointed out, defense. Defense is what we want for this team was oriented. Like we love last season's team because they were a gritty defensive team. So I agree with that 100%. And same thing with like the same point goes for like JD. Like no one's looking for McBride to be the savior. We're just... We're intrigued by what McBride can be because we just want to see him on the court. We have such a small sample size. We already know what Kemba is. And so we're clamoring for McBride because it's like, all right, we already know that Kemba's not going to play defense. You don't know what you're going to get on a night-to-night basis from him offensively. Why not give it to somebody who's going to play defense, know that already, and then if his offense comes around, so be it. That's really why. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't say it better myself. Dark Horse on the Discord. Dark Horse, let's go. Hey, what's up, fam? Can y'all hear me? Yep, loud and clear. What's going on? Yep. All right. He's speechless, man. It's a good show. It's, it's, it's a great show. All right, Dark Horse. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell him, man. All right, we, we got to put uh, Mo Ball in on the queue. Um, and in the meantime, we'll wait for Mo to, 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 uh, catch up. Uh, and Mo just hang tight. I want to get to the phones real quick. Area code 954-954. What's going on? What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yo, yo. Yo. What's up? What's, hey. your, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Oh, my name is Bates. from Harlem. Bates, what's going on? Bates, Bates, are we on speakerphone, man? Yeah, you yeah. want to take it off, take it off the please, speaker? Please do that, brother. Please do that. No speakerphone. Gotcha. My bad, my bad. All right. My bad. But anyway, I think, yo, listen, you got, I'm a first-time caller, first of all. Mm-hmm. And you, I, I want to congratulate you on CP on the, um, the, the, everything that you accomplished. Appreciate it, man. Thanks Great a lot. Great job. I've Thanks been watching you for years, man. That's what I want to say, first of all. Much appreciated. Now, I, you guys are totally wrong. Mm. If you CP, you say you are you say you a Nick fan, right? Of course. Okay, what have we been crying for for years? A point guard. A point guard. Mm-hmm. Why would you put? Why would you put? Um, IQ in that position mm-hmm. when he's really not a point guard. We all know he's not what, a point guard. We see the, him running the, the point what's guard. What's the best option though? 
But listen to we know for a fact that Miles is a point guard. No, we don't. Play the kid. No, that's all he has to do. If 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 he plays him, we will see. We will see. We can make that decision because no matter what, listen, Tibbs is out of here. No matter what, because once Wes started pointing the fingers at him, unless the unless they could pull off a miracle, Tibbs is out of here. You know it. I know it. We all know it. He's out of here. He's gone. But my starting can I can I give out my starting five yeah, yeah. and I'm out. Yeah, let's go. All right. So my starting five would be it would be um, Miles, mm-hmm. it would be Grimes, it would be RJ, mm-hmm. and Mitch and Randall. That's my starting five. Okay. Off that, the that's bench, five. I'm coming with. I'm coming with off the bench. I'm coming with Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. I'm coming with um. Derrick Rose, IQ, um, Cam, and Obi, and Sims. Okay. But I don't know if Tibbs is going to do that. That you know what I'm saying? Like that is like I'm dream- I'm hoping and praying that that's what he do because he got 23 games left. If he don't pull off this miracle and put that lineup in, he out of here. <laughs> right, West already started pointing the finger at him. Nah, you're right. You're definitely you right, man. Appreciate the call. Bait, Bates on the That's check-in. Pre- appreciate it, man. Bait, Bates on the check-in. In Harlem fashion. Yes. That's a, that's <laughs> that's a, a Harlem fact. call. That's a fact. Shout out, shout out to Bates, man. And I know because I'm from Harlem. Yeah, so. yeah. 100%, man. 100%. You can tell from a mile away. <laughs> Look, I think, as I've said, if Deuce McBride was everything that people are painting him out to be, he would not be drafted that late. And he would be starting right now. He would be playing right now. We had Berman on the show. Berman told us this was Tibbs' pick for the dra- This was Tibbs' pick. This was his pick. Tibbs is telling you he does not trust him. It's plain as, it's plain as see, ladies and gentlemen. Plain to see to the point where he's throwing in a hodgepodge uh, uh, combination of Kemba, who can't get it done, and Alec Burks, who's not a point guard. He's telling you that he does not trust the kid yet. If, If McBride was a true point, he would not have been selected 36th. 36th. I mean, I'm saying the guy, the guy can defend. He can knock down a tray. So what is the issue? Where's his weakness? His weakness is playmaking at the guard spot. Look, read, read all the read all the scouting reports. Watch the scouting reports that we did. We did it. We showed you right here on Knicks Fan TV. Court vision. We, we we broke it down for you. The scouts broke it down to you from Wasserman on down. They broke it down for you. That I, I spoke to McBride about that. All, all of that is content on KFTV. I said, Miles, what are you working on this offseason? I want to work on my playmaking. <laughs> I want to work on my pick and roll playmaking. I want to work on my playmaking. That's what I'm going to be working on, what the coach wants me to do. All of that is out there for you. I think it's still question marks. That's just my that's just my two cents on it. 
Do I want to see him play? Yes. But I'm saying the reason why you haven't is because I don't think Tibbs is sold on him at, at, to run the point. Uh, mm. Go ahead, go ahead, JD. Good. And I, I want to no, get to Mo. Go ahead. I, I, I agree with you on his on the assessment of, you know, the draft, um, all that stuff, the Sky reports, and where he was drafted, why he was drafted there, and the, rec- the questions that remain of him being that guard. I don't necessarily agree that he hasn't played because of that. I just think because Grimes is also his pick. And people like to forget that the only <laughs> Grimes broke into the rotation because of the health and safety protocol stuff. Yeah. There were circumstances that actually led to Grimes getting that opportunity. A lot of people forget that. A lot of people like, yeah, he's playing well. Yes, some of the kids are playing. But a lot of what's happened is because of circumstances. I don't think... If you look at the evidence, and Tibbs is giving you all the evidence, if this would have been a 100% healthy season, or not 100%, but if the health and safety protocol stuff was not a part of it, I don't think Grimes is where he's at right now. As a player, maybe, and definitely not in minutes. Um, I think the circumstance has allowed that. So was he not sold on Grimes being a starting two guard? Because he's starting now. So I think, yes, the the... The analysis is correct on on McBride, even if he plays. But I don't think it's he hasn't played because of that. I just think it's Tibbs, which is way of building a player up and coaching and all that stuff in terms of uh, rotations. Well, well, I also think, too, it comes back to Kemba Walker as well, because Kemba was out of that rotation as well when Deuce was able to come back in. And now with the whole, he had Kemba's resurgence, especially during December, where he was playing well, right? He had the triple-double, the 40-point game, and so forth. Tibbs then got backlash from that. You heard Jamal Crawford and all other players talk about how Kemba should be back in the rotation. So I think if you want to see McBride too there, unless Kemba is missing in action, which hasn't been the case recently, you're not going to see Deuce McBride either. And I think Tibbs' hand is stuck with playing Kemba Walker for right now as well. All right, a couple more calls, and then uh, and then and then we'll wrap with our all-star. Mo Ballin, Mo Ballin on the Discord. Mo, can you hear us, Mo? I saw Mo was trying to call on the switchboard. He must be having an issue on the Discord. I got bars tonight. Okay. Um, don't let that go over your head, Alex and JD. Don't let that go over your head. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was so smooth. That was so smooth, man. That was so smooth. I'm freestyling on my oh show tonight. My Let's God. go. Let's go. Uh, King Deej on the Discord. When you hear us, go ahead and uh, I'll mute your microphone. <laughs> Yo, run it up, run it up. Yo, salute. I hope everybody's enjoying the weekend. I am, man. What's good, bro? Yo, shout out to the 75 years. I know it, it got nothing to do with the Knicks, but I'm, I enjoyed this weekend, man. I enjoyed the history lessons. I enjoyed watching the brunch, Legends Brunch, all that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to talk the real Knicks, man. Let's listen, go. listen, man. Alex, I love you. JD, I, I love you. You my guy. But listen, after that 50 burger opening night, I told you it was a downhill downhill experience. <laughs> Everybody's giving my man CP slack for being the most realistic lineup that Tibbs is gonna play. The dream scenarios are over. Like, I'm sorry. I love y'all. But I'm not I was in the chat like five minutes ago, ten minutes ago. I'm trying to let y'all know. Tibbs is fighting for his life right now. And you know what's funny about it? Cause CP just expressed it before I got on. McBride is his pick. And Grimes, he had he had a he had a vote for Grimes in that for the Grimes pick. Now this is why it's going to be on tips because because of those two things, in my mind and in my opinion, in my and my honest opinion, is the reason why Leon didn't move up, cash in those picks and get 
somebody else that that was all monitored. The Trey Mans, the Trey Murphys, the Book Knight. It's because of Tibbs. So listen, it wasn't Tibbs isn't gonna he wasn't gonna get fired until this week just happened. We again, we're missing what just happened. This is a big, big part of Tibbs' problem. Back to back to back, twenty point leads, and then you blow all three of them. That has never happened in NBA history in over twenty five years. And now all these rumors about Tibbs, he's gonna take an L for this. Like somebody. Somebody's taking an L for this. Not everybody's coming back. Remember when I said last year, not all the kids can go for the ride? Mm-hmm. This year, somebody's taking an L for the step back. And now it's just, this is a business, man. Like, they all cool and friendly. But when the boss starts starts complaining and using that B words, like trying to figure out what's going on, somebody's taking that L. And I'm sorry. I hear it about the health and all that. But like JD said, Grimes would not be playing if COVID wasn't an issue. And McBride still hasn't played to this day. So listen, this is all on tips. I don't care what nobody says. Nobody can tell me nothing. The tank commander, whether we want to agree or not, he is going to lead his sergeants, the vets, to the promised land, and I'm here for it. And like I keep on saying, the next 15 games decide the fate of this franchise for this year because you guys got to look at that schedule. Everybody in the chat, look at that schedule. It's playoff team versus playoff team versus playoff team. The Pacers – we're going to be a top five pick. I don't care what nobody says. We're going to be a top five pick. You got Let's the go. Pacers getting, they're competing. You got the Kings competing. You got the Spurs beating the Hawks competing. And we're blowing leads. So everybody just enjoy this L. And I'm going to lead y'all in my tank, okay? Put the helmets on. Enjoy Let's the go. ride. Peace and love. King D's checking out. Appreciate the call, bro. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. We're trying to win and we're going to still lose. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be brutal, man. This this break, this one week break is is has been beautiful, man. That has been beautiful. It's been absolutely beautiful. But let's move to uh to, to to better things, better news. Because last night Obi Toppin got revenge and took home the slam dunk contest. Uh fellas, what 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 do we think about uh this contest, which was Rife with mistakes. This contest was not uh, presented by AT&T, but rather it was presented by Shaq and a Fool because <laughs> this this was a straight up blooper reel by uh, by most of the contestants, man. My guy Obi came through, prepared, creativity on 1000, and took it home. Al, Al give me your thoughts on, on uh, Slam Dunk contest last night. You, you, you. Hit it on the head. Obi was the only one that was prepared. Everybody else seemed like they were just coming. I was wondering how many times we could give uh, Jalen Green, how many opportunities we give him like a chance to dunk <laughs> for his first yeah. attempt. But no, Obi did a great job, creative. Uh, I don't know how they were talking down about Obi jumping over a guy, going behind the back oh, and just my. dunking it. It was like, Bro. who else has done this? Can and I remember like a few years ago, we saw Zach Levine do the same thing with not jumping over anybody, Bro. but just doing it from the foul line. And we were all hyped about that. Kenny but, was such hey. a hater, bro. Last year he was hate. He's hating yo, Kenny. This get you from New York. This kid is from New York, and you hating on him from the jump. It was so ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. His that that first dunk. He was like, oh, Zach Levine did. It. Zach Levine did. It. Zach Levine did it, but he didn't jump over the guy. Mm-hmm. Kenny hating off the rip, man. I I didn't like that, bro. I didn't like that, man. No. And then you have D Wade, and you have Reggie. Uh, making jokes and then oh my god how are you asking uh how are you asking obi how how it was like oh we gotta get well in like in like one of the worst 
Like, who asked that question? We, we gotta who, get to that. What, one, what, what type of nonsense is that? But no, shout out to Obi for for coming out with some creativity, uh, thoughtful like dunks, yeah. like trying like like at least they were thoughtful, and at least he completed them. A lot yeah. of these guys didn't even get to complete them. The also, whole, shout out to Cole Anthony for wearing the Knicks jersey. Shout out to Cole <laughs> Anthony for rocking the Knicks jersey and the Tims. I, I definitely uh, I had a lot more respect for him after that man. He's repping his pops, repping the Tims. Um, the the problem was with Cole doing that was that he damn near eliminated himself because there was only so much he could do with the Tim's on. And then yeah. on top of that, the judges are all old school. Like he should have just rocked the Jersey and then did his dunk. He could have had a chance to win, but the Tim's the dunk with the Tim's, you know, you, you're limiting yourself and what you could do. He missed the first two and, and then got it done. I thought Obi, the only thing with Obi's like, if he would have flushed down the dunks a little bit harder, I think he, oh, yeah. I think he could have had more tens. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, J- for sure. For JD, sure. what was your take? Uh, well, I, I think with the cold stuff, I, I think the, the the problem with when you do these props is you cannot miss on the first shot. Right. You can't. Because the Tims, the mystique, you know, like what I was thinking as he was like walking to the court, I was thinking, man, he's about to dunk on some Tims. These, these new, if they, if they're real Tims, they're not Canal Street Tims. Them, them joints is heavy. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm like, that's what I'm thinking. So if he would have went with that right there and made the dunk, it, you still feel that mystique. But once you miss it, that whole Tims thing, just, it just the energy just wears off. Energy zapped, bro. And then now, and then you go from kind of liking the prop to like, ah, it wasn't that serious. Right. So I think that's the risk of when you do these things, um, when you wear like a great, if you wear a Julius Irvin jersey, you can't put on a great, you know, Dominique Wilkins jersey on to play trivia and then miss the first dunk. You just can't yeah. do that. Um, so I think that's what's, that's one of the things. To Obi, creative, give him props. It's, it's messed up that, you know, he was in a terrible no dunk contest yeah. so it kind of takes away and you know what's crazy it's like of all people that has to go through that with everything he's gone through with right. his team right it's like it's Obi. you know what i mean like right. i'm like man this this kid can't catch a break yeah you know what i mean it's like man i would have loved for it to be more competitive so he can have some confidence you know i had tweeted out that you know because i saw him when he was in between dunks i saw him looking towards the bench i thought he was looking at tibbs maybe he's about to put randall in you know so i'm like even 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 now you know obi still looking around you know maybe he's about to get benched in the dunk contest and then the first attempt he almost he crashed into the crowd i'm like yo don't hurt yourself bro i was yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. i'm like yo he's about to go to the locker room i'm like where you going my man so it's like it's just funny with the whole Knicks thing. Um, what I've learned from the dunk contest in, in in terms of where this is going moving forward, you know, I had I had talked about how you know Vince Carter to me remains the best ever. I know Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon make a definite argument. Yeah, but I twenty sixteen was good. I still think is Vince because on Twitter they were playing Vince's videos from the past, and when you look at those dunks today. The new era kids, they're going to look very normal. But the reason is, in that era, those were new dunks. Right. So right. if you take that Vince in today's era, he's doing all the stuff that Levine is doing. Right. Because you know why? 
Vince Carter made no mistakes. Zero. Never missed a dunk. Everything about him was smooth, flawless. And I think in today's CP, in terms of where this event is going, there was a lot of debate. I don't know what you guys think about making the three-point contest last and all this other stuff. The issue that you're going to see, and that's why you see a lot of the big-time players, they don't want to compete. No. It's because it's what more dunks can you do? Right. Unless the NBA hires these YouTube and Twitter professional dunkers, yeah. which they won't because it takes away from your brand. Right, right. What are you going to do? Like, it's so hard to, to, to make, you know, Obi's over here throwing something off the backboard. But that's just like to be creative. It's so yeah. hard now. Like, where's how what more dunks? An athlete is not going to get any bigger, faster, stronger you know, in terms of human evolution, I think what yeah. we see now, yeah. I mean, I don't see it going any more athletic. I mean, man, where are we going? With I this? mean, you know, we, we, we thought it, it couldn't get any better than Vince and, and Jason Richardson. Give, give credit. Jason Richardson's was, uh, was fire too. But then 2016, man, Levine versus Gordon was, was really good. Um, but it's like, yo, all the, all these dunks of yesteryear just have us so spoiled that we can never really, Look at these with any type of excitement again. I almost think you got to bring back the wheel. Remember when they had the wheel and they would like spin it to see like, you know, who's from the past that dunk that they would do. Maybe they need to do one attempt from the wheel again, one original and then go from there. But like these other guys, bro, these guys, Jalen Green looked like this was his first time even practicing. I mean, him and Josh Christopher were looking at each other like, bro, what should I (laughs) <laughs> they were so out Scano of Anderson's trying to do one of those Vince dunks. He can't even reach the he rim. Even... Yep. <laughs> it was like, he tried to put his arm really in there. He was... <laughs> Bro, now now let me let me get to Stephanie Stephanie Ready now, man. Because this thing really, really had me tight when I when I heard <laughs> this on the uh on the interview. Listen to, to Stephanie's Ready's question after Obi Toppin won the dunk contest. Listen to this. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Nick, we are uh, recapping the uh, NBA All-Star game. All-Star weekend. Stephanie Reddy's question to Obi. Check this out. Definitely stuck with my strategy. Uh, that third one, uh, the one I just got at the end, I was supposed to get on my third one, but but it, it, God God didn't want me to get on third one. He wanted me to finish off with that one. So, so we're going to live with that. Okay, there's been some chatter, and by chatter, I just mean the guys calling us. Dwayne Wade and uh, Reggie Miller in particular. Say it again. Dwayne, Dwayne Wade and Reggie Miller in particular had some chatter during the contest. What they said? They were wondering if they should switch the order because maybe it was a little anticlimactic. What's your response? I, I think the order was, was, was good the way it was. Um, all these guys are great dunkers. We, we just came out here, have fun, and put on a show. So, Congratulations again. Like, you couldn't ask my man a worse question after he just won the dunk contest. Hey, hey, Obi, uh, you know, D-Wade and Reggie said the dunk contest sucked. Uh, what, what do you think about that? You know, and you got D-Wade, you know, crawling under the desk like a coward and, and Reggie sitting there smirking. Two of the, the last people on earth that you want commentating on a dunk contest. Reggie can't jump over a textbook and D-Wade never won a dunk contest in, in your life. You had Zach Levine in, in attendance. You could have brought in. You could have brought in Vince, who's a Turner employee. T Mac just joined the Turner team. They 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 just celebrated T Mac. Yeah, so many people you could have brought in. Get Kenny, Reggie Miller, get all these guys out of here. Kenny Smith's dunk contest was one of the worst I've ever seen. Like, there's so many questions she could have asked him. Hey, 
How does it feel to redeem yourself from last year? What did you learn from last year? What does it take to, to, to prepare for one of these? Did you ask your father for any input? Those are just three rapid fire questions you could have asked him right there. That would have been solid questions. Hey, what are you looking forward to to the second half of the year for the Knicks? You guys are struggling. What do you want to work on? How do you want to help your team? They, they, yeah, they, come seriously. on, man. Come yeah, she could have asked any of those. It's like, hey, we heard your father was Dunker's Delight and one uh, mixtape. Did you get any? Did you get any pointers from yeah. him? You could have asked that question. Hey, you know, uh, there, like, what do you want him to say too to that question? <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, I didn't really like the way it all turned out, so I think they should switch let's it. Maybe do it have first. competition first. Yeah, let's do it first. Let's do Get it, it out of the way. Let's end with the skill. Like, what what response were you expecting uh, for that one? I don't know. It was ridiculous. And to be honest, and to just hold on to, to go back to your point about like why some people don't do the dunk competition. I mean, if you look at what D Wade, how he had, he robbed Aaron Gordon, and what uh, well, who was it? Uh, Derek Jones mm-hmm. Jr. win that one. Mm-hmm. Like, people see that. Like, you had John Morant tweet after the game. And he's like, I'm not doing that. Like, D-Wade legitimately stole it from Aaron Gordon. and gave it. So why would guys even want to go man. in there when these judges, and even last year, last year's judges didn't know how to rate any uh, dunks, too. So it's all over the place. There's really no the system place, to it whatsoever. So why do you even want to go put out all that effort to not even win? And yeah, the, the dunk competition, I mean, there's years where it has been good, like you talked about Levine and Gordon. But, like, I also think about the following year after that where everyone was hyped and then you get Glenn Robinson the third winning that year. Yeah. It was, like, a very uh, underwhelming dunk contest as well. It's lame, man. It is absolutely uh, lame, man. Gotcha. Folks, folks, that's why Tibbs don't trust rookies. That's that's why. That's why. Because you give them playing time. What do you say? You, you, you throw the backup quarterback in and, and, and that's you, what you, you see get. what happens. You see what happens, man. You and, see what and, happens. And, and, and I don't even know. I mean, hey, it, it is a New York Nick. So if you believe yeah. all that stuff, maybe that was, there was an agenda here. You never know. I mean, you see Reggie, you know, you talk about giggling. He's nodding yes. Oh, like, he's they like, were yeah, hating, they yeah, were it's true. Heavy, that's man. what I just said. They were hating um, heavy, man. Get you know, I, I, I think that Reggie, <laughs> he's a savvy guy. So I, every time that, he has an event and he's calling a Nick game. I, he knows. He knows Nick fans are going to be watching and yep. all that stuff. So if you really pay attention to Reggie, he always throws a little jab every single time. Any chance he gets, bro. Any chance he gets against the Knicks. Um, but how about this? With mm-hmm. every negative comes a positive. Mm-hmm. How about Obi's answer? Yeah, it was good. You know? Very he, very polished. You're talking about a guy that's dealt, you know, he's he's been frustrated this year. You could tell he was, you know, he actually like, what did they say? And I don't think he was expecting that. Right. And for you, it's not like he took a long pause and he started to think about the answer. What am I going to say here? Like for him to be, you know, that smooth and give that type of answer tells you a lot about the kid. I actually ended up, you know, you can have a moment like that and the fan base can, you know, like you more or root for you more because of a moment like that. So yeah. um, from a positive standpoint, I like the way that he responded says a lot about Obi. Um, but man, you gotta do better, man. They gotta, they gotta do better, do better. man. They, he chose the right crazy. response and the 2K response. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. That's right. That's right, man. That's right. Um, what else? Going going rapid fire through the rest of the night. Um, I thought Carl Anthony Times winning the three point contest was a nice look. That was a nice uh change of pace. I thought the three point Send contest was good. Send me my money. Yeah, JD came up on some money, a, a little family wager. You, you had uh, I thought your boy Kennard was gonna come through, man. Kennard was torching the nets, bro. Yeah, yeah, my brother picked Patty Mills. We put some money up. I had Luke Kennard. I beat Patty Mills, so I won money. But, you know, uh, yo, Car uh, Anthony Towns, what can you say, man? I think he surprised everyone. Best shooting big man in the game, and he backed it up. 
At least How about this? Hot take. Well, not really hot take. Yeah. If Quentin Grimes starts for the rest of this season and Quentin Grimes starts all of next season and he shoots 40% or more, Quentin Grimes <laughs> may be in next year's, I think two years from now. But okay. if the Knicks are competitive, he'll be in the three-point contest next year and he'll win it. Let's do it. Well, let's do it, man. I was I was looking for him in, in this one. I was looking for him in the Rise of Stars Challenge. Um, skills Challenge was okay. I thought the Skills Challenge was cool. They they mixed it up a little bit. They had um, uh, the Greek Freak and his brothers, and then they had um, some rookies. They had Josh Giddy, uh, Evan Mobley, and Kate Cunningham was one team. And then the last team was... Um, what was the last? Did the Cavs, right? They had was, yeah, yeah, that was that was Evan Mobley, that's right, that's uh, Garland, right. and uh, who was it? Um, it was Garland, Mobley, and uh, Jared Allen. That's yeah. right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I thought that was cool. They they it looks like they brought back Two Ball. Remember Two Ball, the little scrubby show uh, game that they brought in in the '98 All Star. I think they they mixed up a little Two Ball with uh, with the you know the skills obstacle course. So I guess all that was pretty cool. Um, look, the, the rookie and the softball game, Rising Stars, is a game I really watch. I don't really watch the main game tonight because it's all, you know, Steph Curry taking 50-footers. And, yeah, it was it was nice to see. But these guys play zero defense. It's straight Matador D. They're throwing alley-oops off the backboard from half court. All-Star game is lost its luster in terms of being a game that you can actually watch. But I thought Rising Stars was cool, man. You know, they had the four teams, played a 50, and then, you know, played a 25. I thought that was cool. What did you guys think of Rising Stars? I just like watching the young guys get out there and see who's out there in the league. Because since we don't get yeah. to watch everybody and get to see what all the other rookies or like sophomores are doing out there, I really just it just takes it's that moment in the season where these guys are actually playing and they're actually competitive, and you get to see what their talent is is around the league and see who's going to be the next upcoming face for this league. So it's always fun. Yeah, I think it's you know continuing to to innovate, right? And 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 this is why the NBA they say the NBA is ahead of the NFL and, and MLB is because you're, you know, they're, they're continuing to find creative ways to keep everyone engaged. And, and it, it tells you every year there's new wrinkles to these events. So, you know, they're, they're not looking two, three, four, five years from now. Every year they're looking to get better. Spice as it up. So you appreciate that. Yeah. Spice up a little bit. I mean, little, I mean, rising stars, you had LaMelo, you had Cade, you had, you know, all these guys out there bowling. So I, I thought their game was pretty good. And then after that, I, I was sitting there bored on a Friday night, man. I was sipping and whatnot. So I stumbled into the uh, the versus T-Mac versus AI versus Bleacher Report collab. And uh, that was kind of interesting. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, I thought it was a little bit too much, uh, too many MCs. You had Shaq, you had Taylor Rooks, you had Fat Joe. You know, I, I thought it was just a little bit too, too many MCs on the stage. And they were kind of drowning out the players from really telling the stories behind each highlight. I mean, you had like six highlights straight where Taylor Rooks was telling you what it was before you even played it. So it was kind of it was kind of helped to skelter there. But I still like the fact that they gave both players their flowers. But I would I would match them up by styles, you know, just like the hip hop versus mm -hmm. like, I don't think, you know, T-Mac, it was a dunker. His uh, most of his highlights were posters. He should have went up against Vince, you know, or somebody of that caliber. You put AI was more handles. You know, you put AI against somebody of, of that caliber. I think it would have been better to do it like that. Um, well, AI versus Jason Williams. AI Ooh. versus White Chalk. There you go. You know, um, I thought I thought that would have been dope. But I think for, for a concept, I thought it was cool, man. And, and you give uh, you give the legends their flowers. I thought it was a cool concept. I, I think they should uh, 
I don't know. You covered everything from a crowd perspective. I, I, I was going to say maybe hold it in one of the cities of these players, you know, mm. to get more of a crowd energy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or something like that just to get like, you know, a, a more of a... Because the crowd seemed like everybody was like, you know, everywhere. Seemed like a group of the of the crowd wasn't really paying attention to what was going <laughs> right. on. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So, you know, from watching it on YouTube, it didn't seem like a cohesive you know, uh, event. So, um, I, I, you know, to get that crowd emotion and reaction, which, you know, when you throw these events, the crowd does play a factor. Yeah. Um, I would look to doing it in one of the the cities of, of where the players play. I'll tell you what did lose my attention mm-hmm. that uh, Steph Curry, Aisha Curry, whatever that thing was, I don't even know what was going on. I was they like, what are we love, doing here? They play Love Connection in the middle of all stuff. I was like, yo, what are we doing? A dating show? Right here, man. I got up and walked away. I was like, all right, I'm I'm taking a break from now. I can't do this. What was that other bootleg game show? The Change of Heart? The one that game was on, Change of Heart, used to come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It was was all over. I saw that. I was so confused. I was like, we're adding this now? Yeah. We're adding relationship stuff to the NBA? Um, Anything for for promotions, man. They were were promoting some HBO Max show, and it was the worst. It, It was the absolute worst, but... I guess Pee Wee the plug got was on stage. P yeah, Shaq brought yes. on Pee Wee. Yeah, shout out to P man. Shaq brought him out and, and said he uh he was a Ben Simmons impersonator, so that was pretty funny. <laughs> shout out to P and uh and the through the wire guys, house of highlights, all of that. And uh yeah, great, great show, fellas. Back at it again on Friday, Knicks versus Heat. And uh, as we lead up to it, might have some interesting guests over the course of this week, man. So, so for those of you guys watching, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Let's get those likes up before you guys leave. Over 1,100 people in the chat rocking with us on this late night edition of Knicks Weekly, man. So shout out to the Replay Gang once again. Stay tuned for more content. Because, uh, yeah, we're going to keep it going, man. Shout out to Young Kobe, $20 Super Chat, says CP. It was a few point guards who were drafted higher who struggled at the gate. You can't say what McBride is and not mention the organization's lack of development of youth. How does a franchise ever get a true evaluation? Now, look, I'm saying he does deserve that. He does deserve a look. But I'm just saying I think also think we should temper our expectations. But let's see what happens. Uh, Junior Karoma fight out super chats is exactly JD LOL Grimes broke into the rotation due to COVID and injuries. That's why giving Deuce more playing time is only right. Kemba is damaged goods. Brandon Guest fight out super chats is if we were to hit the lottery for a point guard, do you see any of the projected top picking teams willing to trade down? I don't think we'll land high enough. That's going to be left to be seen. Anybody will trade down depending, you know, if the price is right, it's going to be left to be seen. Uh, game, and then it's going to be, you know, uh, are those targets worth trading up for? We'll have, we'll have to see. Uh, Gamble, my guy Gamble is good. He says, when that fourth quarter inbound hit, you know Burks is in there. <laughs> Jerry Maynard says, what up, fam? The front office has no control over adjustments and minutes distribution. All right. All right, fellas. Uh, great show as usual. Great show to the mods. Ari in the chat says, uh... He brought back the memories when he was balling in Tim's at Clyde's Wine and Dine. We do have that in the video archives if you guys want to see that, if you guys want to be entertained for a good laugh. Uh, Aria, Clyde's Wine and Dine, sipping and and balling in Tim's. The lasting memory of Clyde's Wine and Dine, man. So, shout out to that. Uh, Shout out to NBA 75, man. You know, Knicks were represented well during tonight's presentation. You know, Patrick and the Busher, Jerry Lucas, Clyde, the Pearl... The Captain Willis Reed, 
very dope, very dope to see. So I like when they when they announced Jordan, everything just stopped. Stops. <laughs> when MJ that came through, it was like yo, and then it looked like he almost wanted to go in, in the, like the middle of the ring when yeah. standing on top. You saw that, right? Yep, I saw that. I saw. That. I'm like, I, I thought they, I thought it was like intended because he's the greatest. Right, right. So I'm like, maybe that's why he's in the middle. Maybe he he wants to make it known. Like, <laughs> you know, MJ be on his thing. Yeah, I'm the king, man. I'm the king. You know, MJ be low key. You yeah, know, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, nah, that was dope, man. Um, sad, sad not to see Kobe there, man. Like the, the Kobe stuff is still hitting yeah, hard, bro. Still hitting hard, man. You know, it's just crazy. I still can't believe it. Yeah, a, a basketball life for like Kobe, man. You know, for the Hall of Fame to all of this. Like he would have been front and center for it, man. It's just, just, um, just, just terrible, you know. Terrible to see that, but uh, you know, good to see the greats. You know, Oscar Robinson shows up to everything. Um, Kareem, you know, Kareem looked like Kareem is slowing down a little bit, so it was good to see him out there, you know, through the sky hookup, George Gervin and all that. So yeah, it was dope. Good, uh, good presentation by the NBA, man. So, all right, fellas, let's wrap it up. Uh, great show, and uh, we'll catch up with you guys later this week, man. Next Fan TV, hit that thumbs up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.